Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 148. John and Wendy talk to Joanna Suvarna. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you today, John? Wendy, I am well. Yeah. We are recording kind of off normal for us yeah. uh, because we have another tremendous international guest live to tape from yeah. Wales. So yeah. very excited to be talking to <laughs> Joanna. This episode, though, Wendy, comes out on Christmas Eve. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's <laughs> the timing. The last time we had a show, we had the show come out actually on Thanksgiving. Right. And we talked a little bit about Thanksgiving memories. Mm-hmm. Because we're right here in the holiday season, any any really great Christmas memories you want to share? I was thinking about that a little bit. And, you know, there's so many great memories with my kids and um, since starting my own family and, and doing those traditions. But my absolute favorite memory is one of one from my own childhood. It is one of my very earliest, earliest memories. I, I couldn't have been more than four or five at the time. My dad loved Christmas, loves Christmas just as much as as a kid. He's just a big kid when it comes to the holidays. He he loved Santa and uh, making Santa real for us. We were living in a trailer house and it was snowing and we were getting ready to go to church. We all got in the car and suddenly my dad forgot something. So we had to go back in to get whatever it was he forgot. I mean, we're little kids. We don't pay attention to that. But he gets back in the car and he he says, girls, look, Santa was here. Look, if you look up right now, you can see you can see Rudolph. And we're looking out the car, looking for Santa. And Rudolph. <laughs> you know, we drive away and we're just so, you know, you just get that excitement and, and feeling of it. And so, you know, the funny thing about it is. No one else in my family remembers that. I'm the only one who does. It hit me enough. And he would he would do those kind of things, you know, every year. We, we couldn't come downstairs until he checked to make sure that Santa was there, had come and, and all of that. That's still one of those memories that just is, you know, making it real for us because he's always been, even when we stopped believing, he would keep it alive and that, you know, we're all Santa Claus. We're, we all have that spirit of Christmas. And so that's my favorite, favorite Christmas memory. How about you? I actually just got to do a podcast about my favorite Christmas yeah. memory, my favorite Christmas thing. And it is a Christmas story. The movie, yeah. it is my favorite movie of all time. You'll have to listen to that show. Uh, I'll, I'll put a link <laughs> in the notes because it was a tremendous conversation, a lot of fun to talk about. However, I think what really makes that movie so incredibly special for me is that it, it came out in 1984. I have seen it with my family since Christmas of 85. So that's what, 35 years? Yeah. One Christmas, I was not home. And that was the Christmas my son was born. Jacob was a couple weeks old. We didn't go to Kentucky. So 34 out of 35 years, we have watched that as a family on Christmas Day. Uh, I love it. And it's one of those where we all quote it and throughout the year. And again, I just love that movie. I love Gene Shepard. And I'm not going to say anything else because, again, I got to pitch that other show. It's <laughs> It's called Fanning the Geekdom, and it's my friend Jason and his 12 Days of Christmas shows. Love he it. was kind enough to ask me to come on. And yeah, you want to hear me nerd out about A Christmas Story and more the history of it and not so much the actual story, because everybody knows the story and everybody knows Ralph, you wanted to be begun. Just like I wanted in my thing. I don't know about, Wendy, what was the toy you wanted as a kid so badly like the BB gun? You know, I don't know if I had anything that was, you know, I, I just wanted it so badly and then getting it. I, I don't remember anything specific like that. I have one, 1980, and I got an Atari 2600. And it was <laughs> like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I wanted that thing so badly. And I think that's uh, the one like Christmas 
present that I can just vividly remember yeah. getting that Atari 2600 under the tree. That and a BMX bike with red tires. Oh, wow. Because everybody was shredding in the early 80s, and yeah. apparently I thought I was going to be, I don't know, whoever the equivalent of Tony Hawk is on a BMX. But <laughs> I, I'd have uh, left red skid marks on the street. I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, my husband has a similar story with uh, the Millennium Falcon. There you go. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And he still has it. He still has the Millennium Even better. The original Millennium Falcon. I don't know where that Atari 2600 <laughs> is. It's in the junk bin somewhere. But I do have a plug-in. Now we're so far ahead. I have a Atari controller you can plug into a yeah. US, like a USB, and you can. it has however many yeah. dozen crazy? games on it or something. Oh, it's insane. Crazy how many you can, it's, you know, smaller, smaller, smaller. More computing power in that little controller yeah. than it probably was laying in the moon, you know, the moon <laughs> rovers. We know many of our listeners are celebrating. We wish them the, the merriest of Christmas and happy holidays. In the meantime, we've got, again, just a tremendous guest, our latest yeah. international friend that's taking part. Let's make the introduction and get started. Yes. So, so excited to welcome Joe Servana to the show today. She is the Chief Kindness Officer at Be The Ripple, a collaborative community of kindness that seeks to provide light for a kinder working world. The job title was a suggestion from another member of the Be The Ripple team, Sarah Parrott, and Joe thought there could be no better job title in the world and so has used it from that point on. And she has over 30 years of experience in working in different roles and sectors and has a wonderful passion for people. Joe, welcome to the show today. We are so, so excited to have you here live from Wales. I love it. First question, what's in your glass? Hi, Wendy and John. Thank you so much for inviting me to take part. It's really lovely. Um, before I answer the what's in my glass question, I just wanted to say I loved your Christmas stories. They're so sweet. <laughs> and it takes me back to when I was younger and my sister spotted Father Christmas in the sky too. Um, and she was absolutely certain that she had and she's become a children's author so I wonder if that wow. was developed when she was really small and then it oh, kind of yeah. on through. so there it. you go that's my Christmas story for you and I wanted a Commodore 64 but I got yes. a Commodore plus four which was sort of the same but the cheaper version I think but it was lovely anyway so yeah you've reminded me of some lovely things in my childhood so thank you so in my glass I've currently got a coffee but I think regardless of what's in my glass, then I'd like it to be half full. And I try to make sure in life that it's half full, not half empty. And I'm sure everybody who's listening understands what I'm talking about with that. Yeah, so try to see the positive side of life. Love it. I, too, had a Commodore 64. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my dad hated it because it was supposed to be the the computer for schoolwork. My father was a teacher. And of course, all I did was play video games that we bootlegged from somebody, you know, who copy the discs. And oh, man, great, great fun. Great memories of that, too. Did anyone actually do schoolwork on those things? I, I don't know. I just remember doing like the what 10, you know, equals and you'd put like asterisks and then 20 go to 10. And then the screen would just run full of asterisks. <laughs> stuff like that. The basic very like, oh, I don't funny. know. Some IT recruiter or somebody that listens to the show probably knows. I don't know. That was COBOL or Turtle or what that was programming <laughs> language. Maybe. Commodore language, somebody. Joe, again, we're we're really excited that you were able to join us and particularly in the, kind of in our off time. But how in the world did you first get started in human resources and kind of gravitated to where you are now? So it was a little bit by accident, really. So it's probably when I was about, yeah, when I was about 25 years old. So I was all, I'd already worked as um, a people manager for about two years. And that's in Royal Mail, which is the postal service in the UK. 
And there was this opportunity that was a poster on the board that said, a golden opportunity. We're going to sponsor people to go to university and we'll pay the full salary for the whole period and for you to apply. And I looked at that and I thought, I'd quite like to have a degree. So I applied for it and I was one out of five people in the UK who was actually sponsored to go on to university. And I was given the option um, to choose any degree that I wanted to. And I thought, well, I've been leading people for a couple of years. I really love people. And I think that's the reason that lots of people get into HR. So I chose HR as my degree. And that's how I got into it, really. And there have been lots of kind of diversions along the way, lots of extra qualifications along the way. When I finished the HR degree, I then went to work in South Korea as an English teacher and I came back to the UK, did a teaching qualification. So I've done kind of learning and development more than within HR itself over the years. But yeah, it all stemmed from that one golden opportunity back when I was 25. So one or two years ago, not that long ago, obviously. I have to ask that. It's very interesting. I have a master's in education and taught before I got into HR. How did you make the move? from studying HR and being in these people business to suddenly teaching in South Korea, even for a short period of time? (laughs) That's a really good question. Quite by accident again, I think. Um, It wasn't by intention. I finished my degree. I went back to Royal Mail and they were shifting people around at the time so that they didn't have to make any redundancies. So there were no permanent management vacancies available. So I was looking, sat in an office job a little while later, looking at the computer and something popped up, just an advert popped up that said, if you've got a degree, which I now had, you can go and teach in South Korea. And I thought that would be okay. So I sent my CV, didn't really think about it. I think within a month I was living there and teaching. (laughs) So no teaching qualifications, no experience. It was just thrown into the classroom, go on, give it a go. You can speak English. So (laughs) But one of the best experiences in terms of development, in terms of confidence, in terms of I can do anything because I've lived in this completely different culture. And I met people from around the globe, but it was just, yeah, one of the best experiences of my life. So that gives you, I mean, a really good background and that wide variety of experience just I'm sure that helps just open your mind and open your eyes to be able to see where do we need to go? What should we be doing? So what do you think is going to be the big issue for HR in 2021? Today, funnily enough, today, have you heard of the CIPD, which is kind of the UK version of, you call it SHRM, is that right? SHRM. I I kept saying it's S-H-R-M and I was told no, it's pronounced in a different way. Um, So CIPD, their magazine came through today and their cover says 2021, it's got to be better, right? It's got to be better. And I think that the biggest challenge in my view is for HR to really take the learning from this year and make that happen within workplaces. And whether that's with regard to injecting more kindness and care for your people and actually putting them at the centre and the heart of everything you do, which lots of the time 
people say, you know, they pay lip service and they say that's the way that they work. But actually making that happen within workplaces, I think 2020 has taught us how important that is. And I think that one of the biggest challenges is going to be the switch to people perhaps working from home more than they were. But yeah, for me, central is really putting people at the centre of everything you do and really actually caring and injecting more kindness. And I think that it is a really hot topic at the moment, kindness, and it's so refreshing to see. And I'm hopeful that that's going to transfer into actions and behaviours in the workplaces and values. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that. You've had your career in HR and you were looking a lot at this people-centeredness. Let's yeah. talk about Be The Ripple, kind of where it stemmed from and Why'd you start it? It's kind of a culmination of different things, really. I'd worked for 30 years. Um, as I've said, I worked in different sectors, different roles, um, different countries. I've seen some great workplaces, but I've also seen some really toxic environments that push people to becoming really unwell, to leaving their roles and going having nothing to go on to to actually getting to the point where, you know, some people have lost their lives because of toxic workplaces. My aunt passed away in November last year. I just left a job. That left me in a period of quite a few months where I wasn't doing anything and I just needed to refresh and reset and get ready, really, for the future. And I didn't have any plans as to what's next. Usually when you finish a job, you think, OK, I'm going to finish this. Now I've got this lined up. But I wasn't in that position. And I certainly wasn't feeling healthy enough. And with the circumstances with my aunt passing away, I wasn't ready to do something. So I took a few months off just to kind of reset. I got an opportunity to write a blog piece for somebody called Gary Cookson, who's in the UK. I'm not sure if you've come across him. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Ah, okay. And he does this um, Advent blogs, which is running at the moment, actually, his series. So I got an opportunity to write for the Not the Advent blogs in April this year. And I was writing in there about communities of kindness and how I think that people should really rise up for each other and how I'm going to stand up for people and I'm going to be there for people. And then a few weeks later, I got an opportunity to write another blog piece and I wrote, which was posted on Perry Tim's blog. And that was using the analogy of tall poppies, which is somebody in the workplace who stands out a little bit, who's a bit different for whatever reason, whether it's high performance, whether it's they're a different colour, a different religion, whatever it is. But they're treated really unkindly and people try to cut them down and bring them just so they're just like the same as everybody else. And that just, my goodness, it took off. There were just thousands and thousands of views people getting in touch with me and telling me they'd read it, it made them cry, they'd read it and it's happening in their workplaces. And I just realised what a massive problem it is. So it's a culmination of all those different things. So the 30 years experience, my aunt passing away, writing the piece for Gary Cookson, and then ultimately the catalyst being the piece that I wrote about the tall poppies. So that was a long story. <laughs> That's the end of the interview now, I think. <laughs> Not at all. I think it's great. And I just, I love just kind of how, you know, it, it just builds on itself and it built from, you know, your aunt passing away and, and just moving on and forward. And, and that's where so many of these great um, ideas come from. You know, they come from something so, so small and innocent and then, 
and, and build and build and build. And so now it has culminated into KindFest, which you did in the UK. And then pulling the curtain back, it was just yesterday in the US. Tell us more about what led you to start KindFest and then what's going to, what we can expect in 2021. I'd love to take credit for KindFest, but it wasn't my idea. (laughs) I was having a conversation with somebody called Scott Leeper. We only met probably about five months ago for the first time virtually and just hit it off straight away. And we were talking one day and he said, oh, this kindness thing, you know, it'd be really great to have a festival or something. And I said, that would be really great. So let's do it. And he said, yeah, okay, let's do it. So we set a date in the diary for six weeks later, and we just worked towards it. And it was literally just that. Instead of spending months and months and months and months of planning, we just did it. And (laughs) the feedback was just absolutely amazing. And people's kindness it never ceases to amaze me, honestly, because you ask somebody if they're interested in getting involved. And whoever we spoke to, I'd say 99% of the people we spoke to either wanted to attend or to be a speaker or a facilitator or just to donate. Everybody wanted to get involved with this thing to bring more kindness into the world and into workplaces. The only currency being kindness So the one that we ran in the UK in September, and as I said, there were six weeks planning. I think we raised about £2,500 for charities and every single penny went to charities. So it's not like the organisers, we got paid some, you know, and then we left a little bit for the charities. Nobody took any money. Every penny went to the charities. And then the ones we ran yesterday for the United States, we did two parts and we raised, I think... The full total isn't in yet, but around $8,000, which wow. is going to the Cystinosis Research Foundation and to the Born This Way Foundation. So the idea is that that money then goes into those charities and that's going to spread ripples into those communities. And those ripples have no logical end. And as I said to everybody yesterday who took part in any way at all, we don't know what impact that's going to have. That money might save somebody's life, that life that it saves might go on to change the world. And it's something for people to just sit back and reflect on. One tiny event that they attend, that can make such a massive difference and it can just ripple out. We can't even imagine the ripples that it can have. It was a really emotional day. I'm exhausted today, (laughs) as the rest (laughs) of the team are. But it was just, it's so humbling that so many amazing people come together to tell their stories to share kindness. As I said, kindness is the only currency and every single penny goes to those charities to make a difference in the world. It was just amazing. And I've got to give a shout out, if you don't mind, two other ladies that were involved. So it was myself, Scott Leeper, Becca Smith, who's in the States, and also Dominique Heaver. I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I'm sorry if I'm not Dom. Just dream team, absolute dream team. It was beautiful working with all of them. Congratulations. That's tremendous. Thank you. absolutely amazing. Just goes to show, I think, doesn't it, how much people want to make a difference in the world. People are generally kind and what you can do in such a short space of time. Because I think, again, with the U.S. festival or festivals, actually, because we had two parts, I think we had maybe eight weeks from start to actual 
implementation. So it shows what you can do in such a short amount of time and how much money you can raise and what a difference you can make if you really want to. Now, I think it's fantastic. You, you don't know. It's it's that be the ripple. You, you don't know how you're going to affect people in the long run. And so fantastic. Yay. Congratulations. Can't wait to see 2021. Be sure to keep us in the loop and we'll be happy to help promote and, and do whatever we can from our end. Thank you so much. And what you're saying there about ripples, there was a conversation yesterday. One of the tables that was being facilitated was talking about movies. Um, and you have to say, what's your favorite movie and how that impacts on you and why that's related to kindness. And this one ties in with Christmas, actually. So because this is going out on Christmas Eve, it's probably a good one to talk about. It's a Wonderful Life. And I'm sure that most people have seen it. If you haven't, please do go and watch it. But that is the ripple effect in action because the person doesn't understand the impact that they've had on people in their lives and they're feeling quite sad and desperate. And then they're shown all of the small, tiny, tiny things, the tiny interactions and conversations they've had in their life, how that's had a ripple effect and how that really has a dramatic impact on individuals that they've touched during their lives. And I think it's a really sobering thing for all of us to think about Even the smallest conversation that we can have with somebody can make an absolutely massive difference and it can really be life-changing for someone. Joe, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. When you were a child, what career did you dream of having? When I was a small child, it would have been an Olympic swimmer. (laughs) And then as I got into teenage years, it probably would have been a rock singer, so... (laughs) Quite diverse. And I still want to be a rock singer at heart, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Joanna, who's someone you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Oh, my gosh. I've mentioned him already. Scott Leeper. Absolutely. 100%. And I've met so many incredible people in the past year. But he has had such an impact on me. And we've put these kind fests together. And he is just one of the most kind, genuine, most heartwarming individuals that anybody can meet and also so talented and creative. And he's got, I'm going to market his things for him, he's got some Cognitize cards, which are all about learning, people doing storytelling. And I would recommend that anybody checks those out as well. They're 52 cards of limitless learning is what they're called. And they've got QR codes and they've got videos of people telling their stories embedded. And I'm in a few of them. So obviously it's really interesting, but it's something that everybody can take part in. But yes, Scott, absolutely. I think everybody can learn something from the way that he carries himself his generosity, his kindness of spirit, just one of the nicest humans you can possibly meet. So a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What do you tell them? It's got to be be kind, just be kind. And that's even if the organization that you're working in, maybe that goes against your values. You need to stick with your own values. You need to stick with your own kindness. You need to stick with your own ethical compass. Um, And all of that, I think, comes into the Be Kind umbrella. Joe, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? By doing kind fests at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, by sharing, just sharing. I mean, we've all got skills. We've all got different connections. We've all got different stories. And just bringing all of that together and helping people whenever you can. Not working in silos and not thinking, 
keeping the information to yourself or being selfish with it, you know, just being there for other people. What's your favorite movie? So I've mentioned one of them. It's a Wonderful Life. That's definitely one of my favorites. But my all-time favorite, I think, is The Life of Brian, which um, (laughs) I know, of all movies, I know it's quite a strange choice. I take part in the HR pub quiz, which Selena Gauvier runs, um, and that's got people from all over the globe um, attend that every Saturday night. And that's actually my mastermind subject is the Life of Brian movie. <laughs> I've watched it so many times. It is an awesome movie. We introduced the girls to that uh, last year, and my oh, oldest uh, adores it. She she loves it. Oh, she sounds great. Oh, yeah. She's... <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? My all-time favorite would be Ozzy Osbourne. So I got on stage with him when I was about 18 and kissed him on the cheek and he sweated down my face and I felt like, oh my God. (laughs) Every time I hear Crazy Train, which was the song that was on at the time, every time I hear that, I get goosebumps because I'm just like, oh my gosh, it makes me feel so great. My favorite song of all time would be Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. I think it's absolutely beautiful. But I'm kind of, I like an eclectic mix of stuff. So it depends on the day, I suppose. But yeah, I'd have to go for Ozzy because I kissed his cheek and he sweated on me. <laughs> oh my, that's uh, <laughs> that's a first, that, that's a really good story. That I don't think we've had anything similar. <laughs> well, Joe, how about a favorite TV show? Currently, and I sound like a one trick pony here, but currently it's kind of, it's Kindness Diaries. I think I was telling you about it recently when I spoke to you, Wendy, and it's just, oh my gosh, it's so uplifting. And we had one of the ladies who spoke at the festival yesterday, the Kind Fest. She was one of the people that this individual met on his travels on this Kindness Diaries show. Um, And they've introduced me to this show. It's just beautiful. It's so heartwarming. And it's this British guy who lives in LA and he's traveling from Alaska all the way down to Argentina just based on kindness. So it's people letting him stay at their houses or buying him some lunch. So it's just showing that the currency of kindness can really help you to get far. And it's just beautiful. The people he meets along the way, the stories he hears, the kindness he encounters from people who've got very little. And it's just it's just beautiful. But if you're going to watch it, have your tissues at the ready, I'd say. <laughs> Love it. Joe, it is very safe to say that you are the first guest we've ever had that their favorite musician was based on the fact they had interaction of that level. Did he bite any bad heads while he was on stage? Is that I was, that, was that earlier? Was that? I'm lucky that he didn't bite my head off, I think. <laughs> I've heard stories about Ozzy now in you know, much more recent times. When he is off stage, he is what you would expect of someone of his age uh-huh. and is rather doddering. But that as soon as there's audience sight, he's Ozzy, Ozzy. And that fascinates me to know in that you could just, it's like a, you know, like a switch goes and he's ready to rock. I love it. I absolutely love it. Do you know, I think that's a lot like teaching in my experience. So that where I've talked in different classrooms with different age groups I think that's you put your game face on and you get in and you've got that energy and you've got the room, you know, you could be having the worst day of your life, but you just kind of you get a switch and you switch it on. So, yeah, that's interesting. And I've got tickets to see Ozzy, actually. He was supposed to play 
not this year, last year, and they cancelled it because he was unwell. So I've still got those tickets. And then it was rescheduled for this year and then COVID. So <laughs> I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'll let you know what it's like. Hopefully you can get up front again and maybe have a comparable experience. That would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> that would be awesome. If you're not watching It's a Wonderful Life or Life of Brian, not listening to Ozzy, you're not watching The Kindness Diaries, what else do you like to do outside of work? Well, it's been a really strange year, hasn't it, for doing things outside of work. But I'm really so fortunate in the place that I live. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. It's called Tenby and it's in Wales. So it's a, like a nice seaside town. So I'm really close to beautiful beach walks. So like going dog walking. I'm close to my family. So social distanced kind of waves from the gate and things like that. I'd love to say that, you know, I love going to concerts and movies and things, but there hasn't been any of that this year. But I think beach walks would be the main thing with the dog and just enjoying being with family, immediate family. And I think it's made us all sit back and realise how little we actually need um, and how much we've actually got and be really grateful for how fortunate we are. Well, finally, it is Joanna Serrano Day all around the world. What yes. are we doing to celebrate? I think what we should do is go out and do something kind. I think that would be really <laughs> good thing. So whether that be, you know, give some money to a homeless person, whether that be a listening ear for somebody who needs it, whether it be just picking up the phone and calling somebody that you haven't spoken to in a long time, whether it's being kind to yourself and maybe that's it. You know, if you've got children and a busy job and a busy life, then sometimes the last thing you think about is being kind to yourself. I think we've all fallen into that trap. Even, yeah, just a kind act towards yourself. Take a spa day, not at the moment, obviously, because I suppose <laughs> not. or just a pamper day or, you know, something to look after yourself. But I think, yeah, Joanna Day would be be kind, do something kind for yourself or for others. If we had subtitles for our podcast shows, I think this would be the kind episode, yes. <laughs> which I know you would be good with. I love it. Joe, again, I'm so appreciative of you taking part in our show today being part of this movement or really creating this movement that we've seen and continue to grow. It's, it's exciting. And we're glad to be some small part of that. Wendy and I really do appreciate what you're doing. Thanks. Now, most of our listeners are probably connected with you, but if they're not, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? I think the easiest way is just to search for be the ripple really um, on Twitter. You can find us at be the ripple 2020. We've got a website, which is be the ripple.co.uk. <laughs> kind of, if you search on LinkedIn for be the ripple, you'll find us. So I think we're quite easy to find. I need to remember as well that I'd like to thank everybody who's in the be the ripple kindness collective who's a member of the team this doesn't happen in isolation all these things that we're doing it's people coming together and I'd like to invite everybody if they'd like to get involved with doing something about workplace kindness about injecting more kindness into workplaces then please do get in touch with us join us we're open to collaborations open to ideas and the whole thing is about bringing people together as you said at the beginning Wendy my job title that I've got chief kindness officer it's not something that I took because I want to be the leader of this thing it was something that somebody suggested and I thought that really is the nicest job title in the world I can't think of anything better than that 
So it's not that I'm aspiring to be like some big leader or anything like that. Anybody can get involved with this movement. Anybody can bring some insight, some collaboration, and we're absolutely open to it wherever you are around the globe. It's all about communities coming together to make HR, L&D and workplaces nicer, kinder places to be for all of us. I'm not going to have all that in the show notes, <laughs> but I will. You mean you shorthand? Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you out there? Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share. Share is the biggest part. Be share. A bit of kindness for us is to simply press a button to push it out to the world, to your followers, and continue to help spread our word. International listeners, we have yet another international guest, and we want you to be part of that conversation and community. So please reach out to us if we've not reached out to you. Let's set up something as we continue to spread into 2021. Joe, again, really appreciate you being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.